of his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love 
pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance. Everybody, I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship this morning. And we didn't just gather for a service this morning, but we gather for an encounter with God. Right? Are you hungry for God this morning? Tell you what, Jesus is the greatest name. So we're so glad to have you, all of our extended family and friends that have come in from all over the different places. We're delighted to have you here this morning. And Lord, we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise that is due your name. Lord, you're a mighty God. And we thank you that you are in our midst. And you're ready to move and to work by your glory and by your power. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Man, let's stand together if you can. Oh, we don't have the words up there for you because, you know, technology happens. But you'll catch a song soon enough and you sing with us when you get it. Amen. Oh, I'm gonna dance and praise it. It doesn't matter what comes my way. The greater one lives inside of me. His name is Jesus. I'm born a winner. It doesn't matter what comes my way, the greater one lives inside of his name. His name is Jesus. Oh, I'm born a winner, more than victorious. I'm an heir of his kingdom. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in him. Rejoice. Greater one lives inside of me. His name, his name is Jesus. 
Come on, I want you to see. See the way it's clear. Hallelujah. Mountains have been removed. Every debris on the path has been removed. Come on, you got to see it. The way it's clear. Hallelujah. The way it's clear. <laughs> and it's narrow for you alone. And God. And you're walking. And you're talking. Do you see it? Hallelujah. We worship you in this house, Lord. Because we make no place for the enemy to walk with us in your way. It's you and me, God. Come on. It's you and me, God. Hallelujah. It's you and me, God. Hallelujah. There's nothing jumping out of the bushes because it's been it's been laid clear. You can see it all sides. Hallelujah. There's no mountain in your way because the way maker has cleared the way. Hallelujah. We worship you in this household. Oh, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Yeah. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Come on, let's thank Him this morning. We worship you in this atmosphere, Lord. Hallelujah. Every seat in this house. We create as a habitation for your presence, Lord. <laughs> we speak into the atmosphere, the miracle working power of God. We speak into the atmosphere, a shift, a shift. Levels are rising. Hallelujah. We're walking in our authority. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing this song with us. Again. Nothing is changing. Nothing sticks to say. Heaven is waiting for the mention of the day. The Spirit is moving. The Spirit is moving. It's burning like a flame. Burning like a flame. By the one we proclaim, raise it up, fill the sky, change the fall, mountains, come on, we lift him high, we speak the name, the name of Oh, no. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. We lift your name in this Hallelujah. place, Lord Jesus. We exalt your name. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. What a glorious name. What a great name. His name is life. His name is light. His name is peace and strength. His name is a help in trouble. His name is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. His name is goodness and favor and blessing. His name is righteousness and justice. Oh, we bless your name. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you are a very real God. And you are right here in our midst. And Lord, we thank you so much that you speak to your people. Oh, for my voice is a strong and powerful voice. Like the voice of many waters, I will crash down strongholds. I will build up the lowly. I will straighten the crooked out. But yet my voice is gentle, like the still small voice within. Oh, my people, my people, my people, listen to my voice. Hear my voice, for my sheep know my voice and will not follow a stranger. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, that's our signature worship team. Amen. Didn't they do a great job? And then well, you can have your seats. We're just getting started. Amen. Amen. You got a mini version of what we're doing on Sunday morning. <laughs> yes. Amen. We're glad to be able to share the house with you, all of our guests and friends. Hallelujah. One of the things that we like to do here at Victor Christian Fellowship is we like to speak the word. Right, because that's our authority. And uh, so we're going to, what we do is we make a confession that's based on a subject every quarter. And uh, we want you to join in. So we're going to have to do this old school, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do the confession, then you repeat after us. All right, you ready? Our victory comes through faith in God. 
Our victory comes through faith in God. And obedience to his word. And obedience to his word. The Lord does marvelous things for us. The Lord does marvelous things for us. And by his right hand. And by his right hand. And holy arm. And holy arm. We gain the victory. We gain the victory. The Lord makes us victorious. The Lord makes us victorious. Wherever we go. Wherever we go. Our victory comes to us. Our victory comes to us. Through our Lord. Through our Lord. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And we are thankful to him. And we are thankful to him. We overcome our accuser. We overcome our accuser. The devil. The devil. By the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. And the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. And we do not fear death. And we do not fear death. Because I am born of God. Because I am born of God. I overcome the world. I overcome the world. My victory over the world. My victory over the world is my faith in Jesus. Is my faith in Jesus. As the son of God. As the son of God. As an overcomer. As an overcomer. I partake of eternal life. I partake of eternal life. And I'm rescued from hell. And I am rescued from hell. As an overcomer. As an overcomer. I partake of God's heavenly bread. I partake of God's heavenly bread. And I have power over the nations. And I have power over the nations. As an overcomer. As an overcomer. I I'm clothed in pure white. I'm clothed in pure white. And my name is written in the book of life. And my name is written in the book of life. In all these things. In all these things. We are more than victorious. We are more than victorious. Through him who loves us. Through him who loves us. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. That not even death. That not even death. Or life. Or life. Angels or rulers. Angels or rulers. Things present. Things present. Or things to come. Things to come. Hostile power. Powers, Hostile power. Height or depth. Height or depth. Or any other created thing. Or any other created thing. Will have the power. Will have the power. To separate us from the love of God. To separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. That is in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. Our Lord. At victory. At victory. Our vision. Our vision. Is to reach out beyond our walls. Is to reach out beyond our walls. With the message of salvation. With the message of salvation. Hope. And inheritance. And inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships. And to encourage relationships. In a loving atmosphere. In a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word. We activate God's word. To go into all the world. To go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And preach the gospel. To every creature. Every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship. At Victory Christian fellowship. We are, we are inheriting God's promises, inheriting God's promises, and experiencing their benefits, and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of restraint right now <laughs> to not keep going singing, but I love it. Anyway. Uh, God bless you all. It was great to have you this weekend, ladies, at our women's conference. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And and a a special thank you publicly to all of our volunteers in this church. They're so amazing. They're so amazing. And I know they treated you very well. And um, and they're just amazing. We just love you all so much. Uh, Thank God for where he's brought us. Amen. God bless you. Amen. All right. Got to just do some housekeeping things. I want to let you know about our giving this morning. We do not pass a container. 
but we do have a container as you were coming in. We call that a seed planter. There's one over here and one over here by our bookstore. Uh, if you make a check, you can make it out to VCF. And uh, if you want to designate any amount, just uh, you can put designate on their guest or Robin, however you want to do it. And uh, we'll then in turn add to that. And uh, we're going to bless them. I just want to read a scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 2 and 3. And it says that you shall take some of the first of the produce of the, uh, of the soil which you harvest from the land your, the Lord your God gives you. And put it in a basket and go to the place or the sanctuary which is the Lord uh, your God has chosen uh, as the abiding place of his name and his presence. And uh, you shall go to the priest who is in office in those days and say to him, I give thanks this day to the Lord your God that I have uh, come to the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. How many know God is the source of all good things? Amen. Amen. And when you give, you're making an investment into the kingdom. And the Bible says that uh, he actually receives uh, the things in heaven. Amen. So... um, you can give any time during the service, all right? I know, and uh, they're over there, and you can go online to our website at vcfpa.org, and you can give through PayPal that way. Uh, you can also give through the bookstore if you want to give by card, amen? And uh, whatever you want to designate uh, to our guests, uh, you can do that as well, amen? Someone say praise the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been an incredible week, and um, God is just so good, and, and we're so glad to be able to host uh, these awesome people and this wonderful team. You know, we have uh, Robin and Robin Bullock, and uh, Krista Bullock, and uh, Ronnie and Linda Cantrell, and uh, Tommy Morris, and they've come here. They, they, they brought some warriors from Alabama, right? Yeah. Amen. And we are just so delighted uh, to have them here. Uh, they're just, it's just our privilege to have uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, uh, Robin. And uh, the, he operates heavily in the prophetic realm. And... Uh, He's worked on uh, a lot of deep, te- I love his deep uh, teaching and revelatory words, amen? amen. And uh, so today, we know that God is absolutely good in this place, amen? amen. Hallelujah. And uh, he's got a second book out. Uh, his first one is God is Absolutely Good. And then uh, The Pool and the Portal, uh, I encourage you to get that. And we're just delighted uh, to have him here. We got uh, two Robins in the house, amen. And uh, all right, guys, we just want to welcome you here and do your thing, amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you guys are in a free place today, amen?
You know, I, I, I feel the pastor heavily, Pastor Fiona, this morning. Being a pastor myself, it's kind of hard to, to step back on a Sunday. But, you know, first of all, before we get started, I, I just want to say thank you to this awesome ministry of help. I am just... You have taken care of, of every little detail. The pastors, they're, they're, you are so blessed. You don't get this everywhere. <laughs> but you have absolutely went over the top in the ministry of help. And I just want to applaud you and, and tell you thank you to the, the, the person that owns the Suburban. That You know, a bus is not that easy to wheel in and out of, of, of a town. And you've seen to that need and, and stop the refrigerator. Listen, if we didn't need another bite, we're good. We, <laughs> I told listen, we're all going on keto Monday morning. And it's just, but, uh, now that may be an exaggeration, but, <laughs> but I do feel the need to cut back a little bit. You know, we're good on chocolate. <laughs> but thank you so much. God bless each and every one. And we pray a hundredfold back on, on this team. Come on, let's just lift our hands up and bless the Lord. Come on, we'll lift our hands and bless the Lord all over the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and bless you.
you into this room, Lord. Not just for a visitation, Lord, but for a habitation. We give you honor and glory. Oh, we give you honor and praise. Oh, Lord. 
Say, I am your people, Lord. Come on, tell him, I am your people, Lord. I am your people, Lord. Ooh, I am your people, Lord. I am your people, Lord. I am your people,
Come on and give Jesus the biggest shout you got. It don't want to stop. Be sure your system's off, brother. How we give the Lord our praise and honor and glory. Thanksgiving. How we thank you, Lord. Are you glad you're here today? <laughs> oh, you get to... You get to sing in tribal music. I'm a very tribal person. And I get to sing in tribal music, covenant music. Music that, that comes from heaven to heal a praise. You know, when the scripture says, and God says, I inhabit the praise of my people. That's to heal a praise. There's a difference in Hallel praise and to heal a praise. Hallel praise is scripted praise. Nothing wrong with scripted praise. It puts the people in one accord. But at the Red Sea, when the sea parted, it wasn't Hallel praise. It was Tehillah praise. In other words, it began to spontaneously erupt out of someone's spirit and just start coming out into the atmosphere. The devil has no script to follow. He, can't, he has no idea where you're going. He has no idea how to trip you up with depression. He don't know anything about what's about to happen. And it's called Tehillah praise. And that's what you were just involved in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just now thank Him. We'll just give Him our thanks. and Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. you, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, in this place today to give us everything, Lord, that you want to be brought out into this atmosphere, into this place, for only you know what should be said and what should be saying. So, Lord, teach us, your people, what you want. Yes, Lord. In this place, in this place today, we give you praise. 
evermore lift your hands and bless him just walk on over into your area when you start singing in the Spirit and I whistle in the Spirit He whistles back did you not hear it? anybody hear it? yeah
Hallelujah. Well, look at your neighbor and say, well, it's going to be an interesting day now. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you today. It's going to get gooder and gooder as we go. Yes, it will. Gooder and gooder. Father, I ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. That we can learn your word together as a family. And I give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now... Today, and thinking about what I was going to say, you know, and, and uh, the Lord began to impress on me some things this morning and that I need to, to tell you. You know, you, you, you start going and, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. <clears throat> At least it was good sounding. I mean, you know, at least it makes you want to move. I, uh, <laughs> you can you could go a lot of directions and, and preach a lot of different things, and I'm sure any preacher in this house could preach right now. I don't have any doubt about it. The anointings here, probably, probably, how many? Is, uh, Ministers will sit out there, I know. How do I know? Well, and if he's sitting out there and all of a sudden the anointing get this strong, they say, maybe the Lord will just say my name and call me up to start preaching. He may. He just sure may. If he does, you can have the mic. <clears throat> now, this is, because uh, I only have one agenda, to do whatever he wants to do. And all I want to do is create an atmosphere that he can do anything he wants to. And so we always say this, Holy Ghost, you are welcome here to do and say anything that you want to do and say. I'm yours to command in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, just thank him for it. Yes. Now. I want you to, to uh, really hear these words this morning. Now, some of them may be a little weighty. Uh, well, a lot weighty. Anything from heaven is. But it's, it's also light at the same time that you can carry it. You can hear it. Uh, this is a warrior's world you're living in right now. This is um, something changed. I remember... Uh, for two years, from about 
let's see, 17, 2016 or 17, maybe longer than two years. I'd go up behind the, the pulpit uh, and I'd say these words. Everything you know is about to change. And it will never go back to the way it was. I would say that over and over. And every time, Pastor, I would say, Lord, what, what's going to change? Because I'd hear it, but I didn't know what it was. But every time, everything you know is about to change. And I'd tell the people, and it will never go back to the way it was. Then in 2016, I was uh, standing on a, a stage, and the, the band, it wasn't this this band, but it was another band with me, some of them. And they were just playing, and all of a sudden, I heard these words. And the Lord said, um, there's a sickness about to come through the earth. And it's a harvest for the children of the wicked one. And, um, and then it will shake the nations, I think it said. Then I, I went on with that, and then about... 2000, it was 2019 on April the 30th. I was doing the 11th hour, the program we do called the 11th hour. And I was standing there and, and Robin sits to my right on the 11th hour. And I turned around and looked at her and I said, there's about to be a plague come through the earth. This was April 30th, 2019. I said, there's about to be a plague come through the earth. And I said, when this, this is, this is terrible. I, or, I said, this is, this is not good. I said, there'll be unscrupulous men take advantage of this. And I said, it's going to be international. I said, I don't know if it's a plague. I, I'm not sure. I'm searching for the words. And I, I couldn't, I didn't know the word pandemic. Robin looked at me and said, an epidemic maybe. I said, yes, an epidemic. Well, that's what it started out being. And then all of a sudden it came. But the Lord told us that in 16. Then he said it very plain in 19. And then it came after January of 2020. Now, <clears throat> I want you to hear something today because I'm going to go over into something that's very deep that I believe this church can hear. <clears throat> I, um, in 2012, I was at a healing, um, uh, well, healing school we were having. And I was up in the balcony where the soundboard is, and I was just standing up there. I had my notebook laying on the soundboard. And I was just kind of standing there, and, and, and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me so strong, it turned me all the way around in a circle. And I landed on my notebook. He said, write this down. So I wrote it down. And this is what he said. He said, the time of Moses has begun. This is what he told me. He said, the time of Moses has begun. The time of a sequence of things in the earth or in the world and in the church. He said, for the time of coming out has begun. So, I, I didn't say that right away. I just held it. And then, after I said it, it wasn't within a week or two, suddenly, 
The longest river in China turned blood red. It turned blood red. Then, all at once, the Beirut River ran blood red. Different big Lake Irma turned red. Different big bodies of water around the world started turning blood red. Then there was a swarm of locusts hit Cairo, Egypt, right before Passover. Then there was a, uh, the last thing that made the news was a snake eating another snake. CNN caught a fiery pillar on camera going across the Australian desert. It was a fiery pillar moving. The Lord said, the time of Moses has begun. Well, there wasn't any denying it. It was similar to exactly what happened in Moses' day. But it kind of just went on and on, you know. And, and I, I'm preaching thinking, you know, I'm like you. Ooh, wow. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. And then as time went on, then I asked the Lord. It got around 2019, 20. I said, Lord, what time are we in now? He said, you're still in the time of Moses. And then all at once, the St. Mary's River ran blood red. Then other bodies of water started turning red again. And then swarms of locusts so big across the continent of Africa, they were as big as small countries. I mean, everything began to happen. And it was like one thing after another until you could see. And then another snake made the news eating another snake. On and on it kept moving. It kept going. And all we needed was a death angel. And the coronavirus came. Now watch this close. When the coronavirus came, people started hanging red ribbons on their doors so that the death angel would pass. All at once on social media, Facebook and so forth, they started playing a game. Show us pictures of your firstborn. And so this thing just started. I mean, it started now. And the Lord started talking to me in March of 2020, He said, uh, or February, I think it was. He said, you're headed for a Red Sea time. A Red Sea moment or time. And so I kept talking about that, kept talking about that. Every plague was happening in the earth. Now the death angel was coming by. Men and women were hiding behind their doors, covering their doors with red ribbons. because, And they locked everybody in, just like in Moses' time. And Benjamin Netanyahu locked Israel in for a night before the Passover, not to let them out till 7.30 the next morning. And they said it had not been done since the days of Moses. And so all of this started happening. And then remember what happened when they let the children of Israel out? They let them out with silver and gold. They let you out with stimulus checks. (laughs) Everything was happening. Everything was happening. But you have to ask yourself something. Now, I'm not off of this. This is a warrior's world we live in right now. So, 
Didn't you notice that since 2020, all of a sudden, all these prophets started coming out into the public eye? That's because of the time we're in. They were always there. But churches didn't need them, they thought. So, in that, you have to ask yourself if you're honest. If you're not honest, you can't ask yourself one question. Because you'll lie to yourself. Yes, you will. <laughs> you'll lie to yourself. But you, if you're honest, you have to ask yourself something. And think about this. Why was the children of Israel locked behind doors when the death angel came by? The death angel is a reaper. <clears throat> Why were they locked behind doors? <clears throat> Why? Because they were slaves. They were too weak to do battle with the death angel. They couldn't do battle with the death angel. They were slaves. They had been assimilated into Egyptian culture too long. And God knew when the, when the reaper came by to give the harvest for every sin of Egypt, his people were going to die with everybody else. So he said, there's only one thing, one difference can be made. You must take a lamb, apply it to every house, and take that blood and put it on every door. And when that death angel comes by, he will pass by your house if he sees that blood. <clears throat> now ask yourself this. Why was the church locked behind doors and put masks on their face when the coronavirus came through? Because the church by and large were slaves. They had forgotten their covenant. They had forgotten the power of God. Do you think Abraham would have had to have been locked behind the door? No way. He took 318 men and slaughtered four kingdoms. He understand a warrior's world and he knew he had a covenant with God. But the church by and large had forgotten their covenant. <clears throat> How did it happen? How did that happen? In 1975, 75, I think it was, the church, there was something birthed in the earth. Now, let me just hang that right there a moment. Move right over here and tell you something. Around the early 90s, some of you are too young to even remember the 90s. You know, like, like my... my one of my granddaughters said that me and Robin, didn't they say, they were born in the night teens. <laughs> in the night teens. You know, the old days. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> this, in the 90s, Christian music came up to a place. And a level. There was people like Carmen that started singing Satan Bite the Dust. He was doing videos and, and movies and things that the Christian world had never seen anybody do before. And he was an innovator in that kind of music. 
And then right with him, people like Petra came up on the scene. And they were singing, it's our turn now. Something's going to change. And they were talking about beyond belief, going to a higher place, beyond belief, and so forth. And the church was ready for something. You know what it was ready for? In, in the book of Revelation where St. John is, is standing there and he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Revelation 1. And he said he, when he was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's day, he said he looked, he, he heard a sound behind him as the sound of a trumpet, a voice of a trumpet. And he turned to look and see the voice. And when he looked, he saw seven golden candlesticks. He came up in the heavenly tabernacle. And he saw the menorah. And he saw, he was in the inner court. And he said, there stood Jesus in the inner court. Are you listening? He was standing before in the outer court. Where the sacrifice is. But then there was a musical sound behind him. That caused him to turn. And go in another level. In the 90's the church as a whole was poised. Most of our songs up until that point was about sacrifice. Pain. Oh, God, I'm hurting so. Oh, God. I mean, everything was acknowledging your pain and defeat and depression and everything else up until a point when people like Carmen, Petra, people like that started bringing us up to a place where we saw we were in the victory lane, not in the other lane. And right as the church turned around to look, and we would have been in the place where the menorah is lighted and the table of showbread and the altar of incense. One room away from the Holy of Holies. Where Jesus would have walked out of that room and taught us right there. In the 90s. But something happened as we started to turn. It began in 1975. And in 1975, there was a movement born. It was called seeker-friendly, seeker-sensitive. Nobody ever heard of that before? Well, there's a few people nodding their heads. Listen, I, you know, I, I, I love you, but when I have a word from the Lord to deliver, if you're the pastor of a seeker-sensitive church... It don't matter. It don't matter. If I thought my cousin was the Antichrist himself, I'd tell you. I would. Because this is a time of we're in a world of warfare now. Let me show you what happened. The seeker-sensitive movement was born at a place called Willow Creek. And what it is, basically, is, is don't offend anybody with the gifts of the Spirit. 
speaking in tongues, giving a message in tongues, going through prophecy, having prophetic utterance in your church, the dance, the wild stuff. They call it the spooky stuff. All this stuff, don't, don't offend anybody because when they come in, they may come seeking God and we don't want to run them away is what they say. But when, here's the thing, there's no one should, in their right minds, should be so arrogant to think you drew them to that church because the Holy Ghost is who draws them into the church. And if they show up at your church, they're coming to see power. They're not coming to see a bunch of tiptoeing through the tulip stuff. They're coming to see power. That's what they want to see. They know they're suffering out there. They know they're not getting healed out there. They know they're in poverty out there. They want to come in where the living God is. What happened on the day of Pentecost that drew added 3,000 people to the church in one day and daily it added to them? It was when a flash of fire came through the upper room and they began to speak in other tongues. Now tell me something. When did that change? It was never to change. So in the Willow Creek movement, not downing Willow Creek, I'm just saying a prophecy was fulfilled in the book of Psalms. We turn to walk into the holy place, but we hung our harps on a willow. We took our music, put it on a willow tree. And the music changed. It changed. Yes, it did. You can't even have a song on radio now unless it's got a water reference in it. You think about that. Everything. And it all went to something that absolutely has no power in it. It's just to make you... I don't know what it makes you do, but it gets you in a place of defeat. And what it was designed to do by the enemy, he don't notice he don't mind songs like that. But when you start hearing songs like Molly Skaggs sing, Ricky Skaggs' daughter, you start hearing songs like that. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. And then she starts to if he walked out of that grave, I'm walking too. And he starts, you start singing songs like that, and all of a sudden hell starts to tremble around you. And they're scared of things like that. It's too wild. It's got too much power in it. So we hung our harps on a willow and sucked the power out of the church. Where your music goes, your worship goes with it. And we were just like the children of Israel when they went into bondage. And they said, their captors said, sing us a song of Zion. Sing us one of your favorite songs. You're famous. You're famous for it. They said, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? And that's where the church went. And it kept progressing that way until it was just corporate churches. All dependent upon loans of banks. 
and things like that. It's one thing about it. You build something on money and Satan will jerk it right out from under you. And so everything was in good intentions, but it sucked the power out. All Robert said before he went home to be with the Lord, he said, The day will come when they'll remove the Holy Ghost from the churches. Kenneth Hagin said before he went home to be with the Lord, Brother Hagin said his last, I think, five years that he traveled, he told his wife, Oretha, he said, we must go to all the Rhema churches and show them how to flow in the Holy Ghost. He said, because people will forget it and they won't even know how that works. And sure enough, it sucked the power out of the church. Oh, they'll, those churches will let you prophesy on the second Tuesday in the small group. Question, how do you know the Holy Ghost wants to prophesy on the second Tuesday in the small group? Right? So now you're telling the Holy Ghost what he can and can't do. I wouldn't be in your shoes for your socks. I'm telling you straight up now. Now, we have a chance. What if they turned those big edifices around with that many people in them and started allowing the power to roar through their churches? We'd take this land like that. So I encourage them to do that. Now, you know, <laughs> I don't know where, why I'm telling you all this. But you know... <laughs> Somebody told Norval Hayes, if you don't know who Brother Norval is, you need to know Norval Hayes. Norval said, <laughs> he said, I, I, I want the Holy Ghost. I want to speak in tongues, but I don't want it like I see everybody else and just the way they act and do. And Brother Norval said, I'm going to pray he gets it in the sloppiest way anybody could ever get the Holy Ghost. And, and, he's, and he was, this guy was in a mall, a crowded mall, so conservative, so reserved. He's walking down the top of the thing, you know, going down the mall. And he's walking down the mall. All of a sudden he said, oh, no, not now, not now, not now. And he just fell in the floor up against the wall, speaking in tongues. It just made I mean, everybody watched it. Listen, always write this down. Remember this. God has no backroom ministries. He does what He does out front. Hallelujah. So people can be delivered. Now, so we, the power was sucked out of the church. And it was allowed to remain weak in a weakened state. And it got weaker and weaker until the coronavirus came, which was built up with a bunch of hype. And notice the flu's way down. But it was built up with such fear that suddenly the churches, now watch this close. Taking your temperature before you can come in. Why would you do that? Could you see a leper coming to Jesus? And Jesus said, Ho, hold it. Hold it. Peter, check him out. 
And Peter says, Yea, Lord, puts on gloves and a mask and walks back there with his goggles. And he examines him. Says he's infectious. Well, no, you see, you can't come near me. Now, Luke, there's a guy named Luke that you'll meet later. He's a physician. When you get that under control, come back and the Son of God may can help you. Folks, you know, that's hilarious if it wasn't so pathetic. But here's the thing. I've laid my hands on coronavirus. I've laid my hands on it till it was sticky sweat on the palms of my hand. Well, what did you do, Brother Ryan? What did you do? I stood on Romans 8, 2. That's what John Lake stood on when the bubonic plague died in his hand every time it touched him. It was the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm not afraid to pray over you. I'm going to tell you something. But we start taking their temperatures. I'm going to ask you something. If they have one, then what? I mean, really, if they have one, where do you send them now? Would you think about it? Would you stand at the door and somebody has a temperature and said, I came for healing. And you said, you got a temperature. You're going to have to go over yonder. Would you send them away from God? How did the church get to a place where we have the nerve when they come to God, we send them away? How, when did we get to a place we have the nerve that you can't speak in tongues? You know when? When somebody's afraid out of their mind, they'll have to interpret it. Speaking in tongues is one thing. Interpretation is another. That's like flying an airplane. Takeoffs are optional. Landing's mandatory. We was in a Baptist church years ago. Big four-column church. And I took a drama team in with me. <laughs> and Robin and I it was just me and her then. We carried a drama team around. We did the whole crucifixion. We did dramas and everything. We played music. I had one guitar. She had her keyboard. And we played cassette tapes. That I had the machine calibrated to where it would play in standard tune. So I could play with it. We'd stand there and play. We was in this Baptist church. Well, I called these people up. For a prayer line. Well, what happened was, before that happened, all at once, somebody in the congregation gave a message out in tongues. Oh, they didn't do that. They gave a message out. No, somebody on our team gave the message out, a teenager, right in the middle of that congregation. And then their fitness instructor, their aerobics teacher, interpreted it. When that happened, after that, we had a prayer line. I'm praying for people. What is a prayer line? What is a prayer line? It's when you line people up and pray for them. So we had, we had them lined up. And I'm going down the line praying for them. And I get to this one person. It may have been the interpreter. I don't know. But I got to this one person. When I laid my hands on them, they fell out. Oh, the whole church. I mean, they fell out. 
It wasn't but a few minutes somebody else did. Then it just started like dominoes. And then it got so big and a fog kind of showed up in the room. And I was standing up on the platform and this one deacon came walking at me. He's trembling. He's a deacon. He's walking at me. And I just start walking toward him and he just went and fell straight back. When he fell on the ground, this is what he said. He said later, he told me, he said, it felt like a pipe wrapped in velvet touched my chest. I said, all right. But the, but the... But the third night, word had got out in Ashburn, Georgia. I mean now, and here it come. Here it come. The black churches came. Listen, I was never so glad to see people in all my life. They come in with tambourines and they were dancing down the aisle in the first Baptist church. Or second Baptist, whatever. Second Baptist. It was second Baptist. I don't know what the but. Man, we had a meeting. I think 60, was it 160 or 60-something got born again? People got baptized in the Holy Ghost, if I am mistaken. I want to say there's 160 lives touched in that three-night meeting. Of course, they fired the pastor, and he went across town and started another one. And called us back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But see, the power of God. Now, let me tell you something. Years ago, we were in a meeting. And we were teaching, I was teaching a Bible study then. And I was teaching this Bible study at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Other churches could come after their church. And they would come in. We had an old storefront. And I was just up there teaching. And I, and I had been there the night before because we had a youth center that we were ministering to teenagers. It was like a teenage nightclub for Jesus. And so the next morning on Sunday, we got in there and we're tired, you know, and I walk up behind the podium and I'm just standing there and the people, it hold about a hundred people and it was full. And so I was standing there and I, we had a stage in the middle, a stage over here, and then there was a little aisleway and a stage over here. This is where we did dramas. This is where the preaching happened. And over there was where the band sat. So I'm standing there. And I just look up like this. And there's an aisleway that goes down that wall into the back where the bathrooms were. And so I, I, I'm just standing there. I never felt so ordinary in all my life. You know. And I'm just standing there and greeting the people. And I catch this movement out of the corner of my eye, as we say. And when I saw this movement over here, I turned and looked because I thought somebody, I didn't know what it was. And when it moved, I just turned and looked. And right about where that gray circle is, is where the door went through, this cloud came out of the wall. And it wasn't a mist. It was a fully formed summertime cloud. Cumulus. And it came out of the wall. And it came to about where this opening is. And this is a perfect setup to tell you this story. Because it's set up just like it. And it came out and it was right there. And it was hanging there. And this is what I did. I, I wasn't in the spirit that I knew. And I wasn't seeing it in a vision. I'm looking at it like I'm looking at you. And I looked over at it. And I looked back at the people. And I thought, 
Oh, my God. This old building's on fire. That's what I thought. Now, that's what I thought. I'm just being really honest with you. I thought this building's on fire. And, I, and there wasn't really but one way out. There was a back door, but nobody knew where it was. And I thought these people will kill each other trying to get out of here because this old wooden building will go up like that. And I said, everybody just lift your hands and close your eyes. That's what I said. Now, I'm telling you the truth. Robin can tell you this happened. And I said, everybody just sitting there. She's over here just playing. And I said, everybody lift your hands and close your eyes. Well, they did. I called somebody, a youth on the front row. And I said, come here a minute. And I said, go find out what's burning in the back. He goes in the back. He comes out and he does like this. So he sits back down. He was the oldest youth we had. You know, nowadays youth group's about 42. And so, so, you know, ain't that right? 42 just out of youth group, you know. Ain't that right? Sure. And so he comes out. Mm, something's got to change. I mean. And so they come out and sit down. I'm just, I don't know why I said that. Ask the Lord. And so he comes out. He sits back down. Now, he wasn't that old. He's probably 20. And I looked at him, and so I looked back at the people, and they put their hands down. They were pleasant, you know. And I looked around again. Now the cloud was breaking up, and it was drifting down the wall. And the whole wall looked like a smoke, and it was floating down the wall like that. And I went. I said, everybody lift your hands and close your eyes. I did it second time. I'll admit it. I did it. I didn't want him to see that. I called that same guy, youth group guy, and I said, go find out what's burning. I said, something's on fire back here. It's coming out of that room. He goes back there and he stays while he come out. He was aggravated. That's what he did. Something like this. And I said... I don't know. I'm not trying not to exaggerate nothing to you. I'm, I want you to hear it the way it happened. And I said, I looked at it. And now it had moved down the wall and come all the way across the back and was coming forward this way. Now, you can't see anybody wherever that cloud is. Nobody. I mean, it's not that I can see them through it. I can't see them. And so it's coming up the aisle. And it's about halfway, maybe three-quarters. I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't quite half yet. And I'm looking around, and I said, in me, I said, God, what is, what is this? And he said, I am here. <laughs> Just like that. Man, I listen, he said, I am here. And I, my knees started shaking like that. I, I couldn't stand Maybe you think you could have. I, I could not. And so I turned. I don't know what I was doing. I turned and jumped the aisle and laid down on the drama stage where that cloud was and laid flat on my face. And I said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He said, get up. And I, that's what he said. He said, get up. So I got up. He said, go back to your place. This is mine. I leaped back over to this place. And when I looked up, all you could see was part of the second row. 
and the front row. That's it. Everything was gone. And I said, in me, what do you want me to do? He said, have everybody stand up and come over here and gather around. Remember, it's only 100 people. He said, Get, come over here and stand around this corner area where you first saw that cloud. Just get, tell them to get up and come over here and start praising me. I said, let's just get up on our feet. I'm trying to be as calm as I can. I can't see them. And I said, let's just get up and come over here to this side of the room. And we'll just praise God. Well, you could hear them old chairs sliding on that old grocery store floor, you know. And then you could, I could hear it. I couldn't see them. And I could hear them moving around. You could see people on the front, part of the second. And then all at once, the old building went and rumbled like that. Everybody in it fell out in the middle of the floor and hit that floor. They didn't know they were supposed to. They just fell out. Now, everybody's out. But me and Robin. She was on this side then. She's still playing. I didn't know what to do. Because it lasted about 45 minutes, an hour maybe. I sat down on the steps. There's nothing for me to do. I just sat down there. After about an hour, I heard people getting up. I couldn't see them. And I heard them getting up. And then it started dissipating some. And I could see their, their a little bit through it. And I watched the ladies, the older ladies, they'd get up and fix their hair. like They were straightening their clothes. and They'd all been in the floor. When it all came out, and it was all done, and the cloud had lifted enough to see... I asked the people, the Lord said this to me. He said, ask how many saw that cloud. But it had never dawned on me that everybody didn't see it. I said, how many of you saw that cloud? Seven people on the front row raised their hand. So everybody fell out, never saw anything. I asked Robin, did you see that cloud? No. I said, you didn't? She said, no. I said, what did I look like? Because then it dawned on me. She said, I don't know. You was just running, jumping over there, laying down, jump back over here. Said, you was just... said, I don't... now you can tell what she's used to. It didn't surprise her at all. But all that happened and nobody saw it hardly. The glory of God had filled the room. We were, we were uh, on 11-11-11. We had a special meeting at uh, Church International, our home church. And I was standing on the platform, and the Lord gave me a, a, a word of knowledge and said, there's somebody in here who has a, uh, an infection in their blood, and it's deadly. It's bad. And the Lord told me what to say. Well, that night, as we, the service was going... I'm sitting up on the platform in a chair, and the smoke started filling the room again. And I'm looking out there at it. And you can see it because it'll collect around the lights a lot, just like fog outside. 
And I started looking at the room and I said, I called somebody up on the stage. I said, take a picture behind me of the crowd. I said, just look out there and take a picture. I want to see if this smoke shows up on camera. Well, he took several. Well, it showed up. And that night when everybody left, now it got real grainy where you couldn't hardly see people. If I had the picture, you'd, I could show it to you. But I was standing back there by the door after everybody left, and there was just a few of us there. And I was scrolling through the pictures, and we were oohing and on over the glory that had showed up. And I was doing like this, and a lady, a good friend of, of ours, our families, was standing kind of behind me. And uh, Krista was standing behind me, or whatever side. And I'm just looking at it. We're all looking at it. And all of a sudden, she said, I don't know how she saw it. She said, stop. Who is that? I said, what? She said, go back. I went back. She said, that. Who's that right there? It was Jesus sitting on the back row. He was sitting right against the back wall. Some of you have ever seen us post that. You've seen that picture. He was sitting right on the uh, against the back wall. Had a sash around that went down around. It. He had his his hair, his beard, everything. He's the only person in the room dressed this way, and you can't hardly see the people for the smoke in the room. And he's sitting back there, and he sat down right at a place that marked the place because it's a center post coming down out of the balcony. And so he sat right beside that. And so we said that, Krista said, it's the Lord. And it was. But what we didn't know was we went back earlier in the night before that smoke showed up. And there was a 13, no, 12-year-old girl sitting on the back row in that seat. And she had MRSA in her leg. And they were going to amputate it. The infection in the blood. And Jesus, it was her seat. He was in. And he was sitting there in her seat. And after that night, she never had her leg cut off. Now she's married. Beautiful young lady. All because the glory showed up. That's what the enemy wants to keep out of the church. It's that kind of power. Because coronavirus cannot live in that atmosphere. And nothing else can either. That's not godly. But you're going to have to embrace that kind of power. If you do not, he's a gentleman. He will not come. So, now do you see the silliness of hide the power till they get here. And then what do we do? Spring it on them? <laughs> then you're a liar. Now you've started lying. But we live in a world right now, my, my brother and sister, where one pastor was preaching at a, a, a young pastor's church, and he had thousands in his church. And he went in his office and the pastor walked in, the visiting pastor, and he said, he looked at the young pastor and said, you've been smoking pot. He said, oh, yeah, man, I do it here in the office before I go out there. It mellows me down. Now, that's the kind of world we live in. 
We live in a warrior's world right now. This is a warrior's time. Because the church was locked behind doors. Now, can you see why they were locked behind doors? Do you know how many churches you could count them on one hand around you that has that kind of power operating in it? You think about that. Isn't that what you want to see? This bunch does or you'd never be here. But isn't that what you want to see? It don't dawn on you that you want to see some uh, some drab, dry, nothing, uh, just nothing happening at all. Not me. I want to see the Holy Ghost. I want to see Him throw down. I want to see Him throw down until we're doing the old Pentecostal helicopter. I want to see. I want to see this stuff. There was a drug dealer in a town came to a meeting, and I'm going to get on my message. And, I, and, and he came to the meeting. It was an old Pentecostal meeting. And full of fire. And all of a sudden, those saints started throwing down. Man, you know, I mean, they throwing down. And the drug dealer is just, he's laughing. I don't know why he was there. Probably his mama said, you coming, you heathen. You know, Mama's Day, everybody shows up or something. If Mama says, I don't ever ask you to do nothing, but you're going to church with me one time. You just get your heathen self up and go. That's what you do. And I don't know why he was there, but he was there. And so it broke out. And when it broke out, one old saint was standing there like this, trembling under the power of God, like this. And here comes somebody down the aisle doing the helicopter. And he just sat back and waited. He said he's fixing to knock them right in the head when they go by. He come around and he's waiting to see this. And all of a sudden when this guy come by and come around just like this, the power of God hit the one with their hands up and they went, glory to God. And the hand went straight over the top of them and just kept going. It's never out of order if the Holy Ghost is present. So, (laughs) that guy got saved in that meeting. He got such a dose of the ghost that he started running and he was headed toward the back double doors. The deacons were trying to stop him. Wait, 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 wait. It's too late. He hit the doors. They swung open and he was out in the parking lot. When the meeting was over, they were all back there looking at the doors. They said, these doors don't open that direction. That's why they were trying to stop him. He was going to run through the glass. But when he hit it, they passed right through the bar and went open the other way and came back. And they were trying to, it wouldn't work. That's the power of God in a place. And that's what you want to see. And that's what will draw the people. 
But it's not going to do it singing about defeated, drag the dirt music. You can't create an atmosphere of frequencies that are filled with turmoil and strife. And as you know, we it's been going back for years and years. It used to be songs like this. I'm climbing up, Lord, up a rough side of the mountain. Nobody ever heard that, have you? Doing my best to make it in. God never told you to climb a mountain. He said, operate in authority. Speak to the mountain. It'll be removed and walk straight on through it. And your best wasn't good enough anyway. We've got to get away from it just because it's got a water reference don't mean it's godly. You can drown in water just as well as you can be blessed by it. Be sure the song you strapped around your neck before you start singing it. Hallelujah. Now, this is a warrior's world. And the church was locked behind bars. And they couldn't get out because they were afraid. Do you know then the, in the and I know I'll get to it. But did you know that in this nation that the First Amendment absolutely guarantees you to be able to meet and worship whether there's a war, a pandemic, it makes no difference. The government cannot, cannot legally tell you you can meet in a church. Or you can't. They have no say-so, and they never said you couldn't. They put it in their mix and made you think you were non-essential. And so the churches didn't even fight. They just said, yea, Lord. Close the doors, lock the doors. And so why? Because they were slaves. It was in the time of Moses and they were slaves and they couldn't get out because they didn't know how to fight anymore. So they had to be locked away to save their lives until they could rediscover the power of the blood. The church has lost the power of the blood. They've lost the knowledge of the thing, of what happened in covenant. What we talked about yesterday in that last session, everybody should hear that. Talking about covenant. Tribal. And so this is where the church was. And when the coronavirus came through, the church didn't know what to do. So then all at once they opened the doors, gave you stimulus money, you came out of doors, and then the next thing you know, you're headed to a Red Sea moment. What is a Red Sea time? What is that? It was coming to a time, I said it back in March. I said, we're coming to a time when you will see it happen and we're going to get down there and everything that's plagued so far will come at one time down there at the Red Sea. What you didn't realize and people didn't know, the Red Sea was the Republican Party. That's the Red Sea. The Lord told me when Donald Trump had the, had, had the um, rally January 6th in Washington, D.C., he said, I went up there. Two other prophets went with me. 
We went up there, and when we came up out of the subway, some of you might have saw that video, Boots on the Ground. That was our footage. We didn't get that from anybody else. That was happening as you saw it. And so I started walking backwards down the street. I said, turn the camera on. And they turned their phone cameras on, and we just started talking. And I started speaking about the Red Sea. At 1.11, I was standing at the Washington, no, I was standing at the Washington Monument. President Trump was speaking over in the park. You couldn't see him. The trees had people in the trees. They called them Trump fruit. They had them up in the trees. There was, there was hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm standing there with everybody else trying to hear the president speak. And the Lord told me, said, now leave and go to the Capitol. Well, I don't like to leave when something's happening. Yeah, have you ever left church and when you, when you did and you come back later, somebody says, you ought to see what happened when you left. <laughs> so I don't leave. I, I'm, I'll stay. And so I, I, I didn't want to leave. The Lord said, go, go. So I turned and walked down toward the Capitol. He's still speaking. I'm headed down toward the Capitol, and a pastor from Kentucky recognized me. And he came up and said, they were talking to me and everything. He had a staff in his hand. It ended up, he said this, I said, I wish I'd have brought, I wanted to bring mine, but you couldn't bring it in that, where I was at. He said, I bought this for me, but I believe it's for you. And he handed it to me. I took the staff in my hand. I said, you want to come and walk with me down here? I said, I'm, a, I'm going to the Capitol at the reflecting pool that you stand over the water and look at the Capitol. I said, I'm going to stretch this rod toward that Capitol. And I'm going to tell that sea to divide. He said, yes, we'll go. So now we're all walking down there. I get up to the reflecting pool. And I look at the Capitol across the way. It was 1-11 when I got there. President Trump stopped talking at 1-11. At 1-12, I picked up the staff and stretched it toward the Capitol and commanded it to divide. And told corruption to be exposed. At 1.12, when I stretched the rod out, they walked absolute proof into the halls of Congress at the exact time, exact moment, and laid it down on the congressman's desk where they had arrested the man in Italy. They had arrested him for the torrent of downloads that came into all those places and changed the vote. They had him in custody. Everything was there. And the Republican, the Red Sea, was faced with it. And while we had the rod stretched out, suddenly they divided. And the whole place come apart. I was standing there and it went crazy. And I'm standing there on the, on the place and the whole time a strong wind is blowing. It's blowing. It's getting icy cold. The whole time. Well, the Bible said when they crossed the Red Sea, it said that the waters congealed in their depths. It means in the desert, the water stood up and froze. Congealed water is frozen water. And it stood up and made a wall on each side. 
And so when that happened and it came apart, the Republican Party divided. It turned icy cold in D.C. The wind was blowing stronger and stronger till you couldn't stand it. A lot of it was a big show around you that you saw. Oh, yeah, because I was there. It's just a big show. There were snipers on the roof of the Capitol. Three of them. A spotter, one with a rifle, and another one standing beside them. And some guy comes up in full camo combat gear out in the crowd with a backpack that you can't see through going running toward the Capitol and he don't get shot. So it all started coming apart. Seven Republicans stood with Trump. That was it. Everything started happening. Six hours, I think it was later, from that moment, an earthquake hit the Red Sea in Egypt. Now, it's not over, see. And then all at once, and then I go back. Everything's going on. And then the Lord, I'm standing there, and the Lord, I, I can't get into some of it because it's for security reasons. I can't tell some things. But I'm standing there, and I hear something in the prophetic. Some things I can say, some things I can't say. Because it would jeopardize things. So I start to say, uh, I said something before this, and then all at once, one day I'm standing there, and the Lord said, I'm going to show you a miracle with a ship. Said, you're going to see this ship. It's going to be highly unusual. And it just went on to describe this ship. And then the Ever Given got stuck in the Suez Canal that night when I said that. I said it, and then it got stuck in the, in the Suez. That separates the Red Sea from the Mediterranean. And get this, the headline said, a Red Sea moment. So then, listen, don't, don't pay a lot of attention to conspiracy mess. I don't prophesy conspiracy. Isaiah 8 says, do not. Because a lot of it is real, but a lot of it is misinformation shoved into the real. So you have to depend on the Holy Ghost, but if you don't have, a, if you have a seeker-friendly atmosphere, you never hear Him. You want to know what's coming, and so we started. Uh, I heard that, and then that happened, and then suddenly the Lord puts me at Mar-a-Lago, and I'm standing there on the ground, invited to pray over a constitutional event. You mean Brother Robin, somebody like you got invited to Mar Lago? Oh yeah. I carried my Bible and that notebook and that Bible right there, right under my arm, through the whole thing. Walked around the whole thing. And very important people said, I like that book you got. I said, It belongs here, don't it? I said, It should be here, shouldn't it? Oh yes, yes, yes. And I'm praying in front of congressmen. All kinds of people. 
right before I went down there, some partners came to the church and found this in their basement. And the name on the side of it says Bullock. And they had no clue who that was. And the date on it is the date we found in our church. And every time I have an event, the Lord hands me a staff. So I carried it to Mar-a-Lago. Look what's on the front of it. So, everything you see is prophetic right now. The thing is, this is not over yet. See, people ask me, say, well, when the Red Sea divides... Said, will you? Uh, I said, I, they said, I'm ready. I said, are you? Are you ready? Yes. I said, it, when it divides, do you have the nerve to cross? Do you know what kind of nerve it took to step down into that? I said, would you have the nerve to cross? Then they don't answer. Because, see, the church, Jesus don't look at the nation to fix it. He looks at the church to fix it. You're the salt of the earth. I'm the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its saltness, then it's no good for anything but to be thrown out. If the church rose up right now, they could elect Mickey Mouse if they wanted to. Because we outnumber everyone. Everyone that claims to be born again. Eighty million people or so voted for Trump. Um, Listen, listen, you really honest to God, honestly, I mean, honestly. A man who sat in a basement all year with a mask on. Listen, I'm serious now. And he never, him, Barack Obama, uh, Bon Jovi and Cher could not draw 200 people to an event. And suddenly, he's the most popular man in the world. You know, you'd have to have BBs for brains to really believe that. I mean, really. Now, now really, I, I, I might have been born near a tub, but I wasn't born under it. I'm telling you, you need to really examine something. Something is going on here. Oh, you shouldn't be talking about political things. Really? Then somebody should have told Elijah when he went up to Ahab and pointed his finger at him. Somebody should have told Moses when he said, let my people go. Somebody should have told these prophets. Then suddenly prophets come on the scene. And everybody's trying to attack prophets. Newsweek jumps on me. All these people start jumping. Don't write me ugly letters. I tell people, don't ever write me ugly letters because I won't read them. I ain't got time to get distracted. We are on the scene for such a time as this. And we must, we must be an example of the power and the love and the power of God. But you cannot live under tyranny. Now, maybe, maybe now. 
This is a warrior's world. People may say, I don't want to be in a warrior's world. I know. I know. But you are. Hell has unleashed its greatest thing to date. It's trying to take down a nation that is built because we loved God. Two nations in the world are built on the love of God. God, God created Israel because He loved Israel. The United States was created because we love God. And how goes those two nations go the world? Now, I want you to see this, and I'll, I'll do this as quick as I can. I don't want to hold you too long. I'm, you know, you, I don't know if y'all got a Shoney's restaurant up here, but, but you know, I mean, you, you, you gotta, you know, you know, you gotta, I understand. Now, and let's go over, go over to Titus. Now, there's a book you don't hear people say go to. Titus. Titus? Ain't that what we wash our clothes with? <laughs> Titus? <laughs> no. No, no. Okay, now I want you to see this in Titus 1 and verse 10. Titus 1? Yes. You ready? Verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Now, go over to Titus 3 and look at verse 11. Knowing that he that is, in, that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. Now, in, lamenta in Lamentations... Let's see now if I've got this for you. In Lamentations, I want you to see this in uh, chapter 3, verse 35. To turn aside the right of man before the face of the Most High, verse 36, to subvert a man in his cause, the Lord approveth not. Now, there's three words that was listed there that you need to really take note of. And it was the word subvert. Subvert. The Bible said out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. So we, we had three witnesses here. Two in Titus and one in Lamentations. In the place where they cry. Now, the word subvert in Titus 1 means to overturn or overthrow. The word subvert in Titus 3, 11 means to twist, turn, quiet around. Or reverse or convert. And it talks about you doing it yourself. Then in Lamentations 3.36, it means to bow yourself, make crooked, falsifying, overthrow, deal perversely, pervert, subvert, turn upside down. Now, what is all of this? All right, here it is. Now, this is why you must listen intently now. We've talked about the power of God, the Holy Ghost, the power, and what we need. But now you must hear the plan of the enemy. 
About 3,500 years ago, there was a man named, and if I say his name right, he's a Chinese advisor to several dynasties. His name was Sun Se. And he, he came up with this. This is what he said. He said, it's barbaric to, to win a war with bloodshed. He said, it's better to win a war and never have to fight at all. So they began to come into a place where he started, he came up with this plan and it's called the art of war. And in the art of war, it's done without one drop of blood being shed as far as the plan. And it's called subversion. A, name, a man named Yuri Beznikov defected to this nation in 1970. He was a Soviet uh, propagandist. He was, a, he, was, he was an expert in the ideological warfare of the Communist Party. And he was, a, he was a tool in overthrowing Czechoslovakia. And he said this, when he defected... And he starts talking of revealing this plan. Every Soviet soldier was required to read it. Every one of them. You, can't, you don't see it so much in America. But he said there's a four-step plan in overthrowing a nation. And this Chinese philosopher is the one that came up with it. It's something that came from China. Where the dragon... Is the symbol of the government. Now, not the people. The people in China are precious people. It's always the tail that wags the dog. Never the other way around. Except on a real dog. Now, he, he said the first stage is a stage called demoralization. He ought to write that down if you've never heard me talk about this or someone talk about it. Demoralization. Now, demoralization is a brainwashing uh, thing that happens over 15 to 20 years. It, it takes place over that length of time. It, they say, well, why did it take that long? How come it takes that long? Because it has to go through three educational generations. Three college graduates. Three sets. And it has to be done by a welcomed process. It can't be forced on the people. So it takes 15 to 20 years to demoralize a generation. And so when they begin to demoralize it, they would start, they start replacing college professors with socialist professors. And they start bringing people in to teach these generations of all of this. Now, nobody wanted communism. Nobody wanted anything like that. But it's in the beginning of it. All it's for is to set it up so you will see it and at least have an option when they get to the end of the fourth stage. You can, or the third stage, then you can at least say, I don't like that, but better red than dead. That was their slogan. 
So they would, they began to demoralize the colleges. And then they started, they taught them Marxist ideas, uh, Marx and Lenin. They taught them, taught them their ideas. They began to put socialistic ideas in them. And they graduated one, one wave, two waves, three waves. And by the third wave, then these people who are demoralized, they call good, bad, and bad, good. And nothing makes sense in your mind because they're not making any sense. They teach everything about socialism. And then watch this. By the time they graduate and they have been went through this process, this is what Yuri said himself. He said, you cannot change their mind. You can show them on paper and look at, let them look at it right in front of their eyes and they can't see it. You can take them to a Soviet concentration camp and they'll still look at it and still turn around and can't see it. This was his words. He said, once they are completely brainwashed, they are hopeless, you cannot get them back. He said, once that happens, the only thing that will wake them up, they will never see it. They can't see it. Until, this was his words, a military boot crashes their fat bottoms. Now, this is a man who overthrew Czechoslovakia. He helped do it. Then he said this, he said, once you have a demoralized, they they come out and they start taking over the media. They get elected into office. Then they start taking over the media so they have communication with the people. So they get jobs as social workers. So they can begin to infiltrate the whole, and they, they think they're right. They really believe they're right. They cannot see it. They're brainwashed. They're demoralized. He said, once the demoralized stage is complete, then they move into the next phase of the plan. It's called destabilization. Destabilization, when that time comes, all the demoralized generation is in control. And now they believe that the police is their enemy. They believe the military is their enemy. Anything to do with authority is their enemy. Stick it to the man. They believe all of this is, is their enemy. They can't see it because they believe they're right. So they start forming riots. And they'll find, uh, raise up organizations. They'll raise up organizations that people can fun, uh, uh, funnel big money into. And they'll march for a cause. They don't care what the movement is. They just march for this cause. Because now they're in the second stage. And they know what they're doing. Because they send in people to help lead it. And so they know what they're doing. And then you start seeing in our generation, you start seeing now, you know this is true. Now you know why CNN, all these people, they have one narrative and it don't make any sense to you because it's stupid and you can't see it. And you look at it and say, how could anybody believe that? They are demoralized. Now the destabilization process has begun. And you say, well, what is that? Well, you can't see it. Black Lives Matter suddenly forms. And it has nothing to do with people loving black lives. I love black lives. would stand beside a black person and fight till we both died if I have to. To protect anybody. But it's not that. The leaders of that movement said 
themselves. We and uh, what is her name? Patricia, Patrice, what's her last name? Anyway, said we are trained Marxists. In other words, they know what they're doing. And you know what they told Joe Biden? Said you owe us. Has nothing to do with with precious people. It's never the people. It's always the tail that wags the dog. You can't give people power that are communist. Oh, this is some prophet preaching on this. Yeah, I could imagine Elijah would have done the same thing. But when it comes down to operating in the power of God, you'll see that too. Listen, I, you know, they threaten me and, and things like that. But I have the Holy Ghost. My family's protected. So anyway, they start doing these things. And they start doing if, uh, uh, the BLM thing. On their own website, we are Marxists. <laughs> God. And then you come over here and you've got gay rights movements. You've got any kind of movement. You've got this lib. You've got that lib. Every kind of lib. Anything going on. They don't care. As long as you can destabilize the nation. You think it's not, didn't get destabilized? Portland. Occupy Portland. Look at all this stuff. I mean, remember, I'll tell you something else. In the time of Moses I was talking about, in Portland, the Occupy groups drug a golden calf out in the middle of the street and danced around it. How about that? Another piece of the puzzle. And so then you've got, you've got them, uh, what, where was it? Uh, Oregon. They took over Oregon in the middle of the city. Why wouldn't anybody stop them? Raiding cities, destroying, vandalizing, doing all, looting. You just sit on television. Just watch television. They go and break in. And some lady come out with, with uh, coach purses from right here all the way to here. Coming down. So, uh, somebody else has got a big screen television walking down the street. And the police just looking at them. Because they were told to stand down by mayors, not governors, mayors. Mayors is the one who has the ultimate authority of a city because of the way our laws are set up. So then the destabilization mode had started. That takes five to six years. Well, we saw it. That's why when Barack Obama left office, he, was, he said these words. And nobody, every news outlet just went off the rocker about it. They didn't know what he meant. They said, one of them said, is he that arrogant that he would say that? This is what he said. He scratched his head like this. He said, maybe we were 15 to 20 years too early. Because he was trained by Saul Alinsky who was a Marxist, who wrote the book uh, Rules for Radicals and dedicated it to Lucifer. Karl Marx was a Satanist. So he invented communism so that you wouldn't know he was leading you to Satanism. Oh, folks, this thing is huge and it's big. So then destabilization happened. The next stage on that subversion is called crisis. If you bring a nation to crisis, once you get to the crisis point, there's no way out. There's only two things that will break it. 
that is an invasion from a foreign country or a civil war. And so that's the only two things that will break it. The other night I was teaching about this around Tennessee. And wasn't there a political scientist major listening to everything? And he said, you know what? He's talking about, you know, the preacher. He said, man, everything he said, that's exactly right. I don't go around preaching this everywhere. The Lord said, tell you today. It could be that they're all fixing to meet at Ramah, too. Did you know that? Ramah was the only church that let them do it. Because they understand. So, it comes to a crisis point. Now, I'm almost done here. It comes to a crisis stage. When it makes it to crisis, Yuri said you can't pull it back. He said it's only two things can break it. Once it goes over to crisis, people are looking, watch, this was his words, they're looking for a Savior. So they're looking for somebody who can deliver them. Somebody. And he said, it's usually one of the groups that destabilize the country that rises up and takes power. But you know what he said after that? He said, but the real thing is this. The next stage is called normalization. It's the fourth stage. Normalization, this is the way he explained it. He said, when, the, when tanks rolled down the streets of Czechoslovakia, Brezhnev said, Brotherly Czechoslovakia has now been normalized. In other, in other words, normalization is when now they have taken over and they're training you to think and respond to them. And he says those in the demoralized world that started all of this, said they're, they're trained to respond to trigger words, to certain stimuli. It's brainwashing. Now, we had to go in to Grenada. A foreign invasion was us to deliver Grenada because they were in crisis mode. The Soviets were taking them over. And that's why America had to go in and nobody could understand that. We had to go in and do that. That's happened. That's the only thing would break it. That's happened in, in uh, Afghanistan I don't know how many times. That's why you see. Now, watch this. There is four stages to the enemy. Isn't that amazing? It's in Revelation 20. It says there was an angel came down with a key to the bottomless pit. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. Four stages. In Ephesians 6, there's four spirits that, that are listed. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. All of these go together. The dragon, principalities, these are classes of spirits that are listed from the lowest to the highest. Principality is not the highest spirit. It means the chief, the captain, the one who begins the attack. These are principalities. They work with the aspect of the enemy known as the dragon. What is the dragon? Now, they, now listen, now, this is the way you're attacked personally, and this is the way he brings down nations. I guess as I went too long, maybe I just need to drop it here. I'll just drop it here. 
and, and, because I already know it and you can study it. Okay. All right. Here, watch now. So you've got the dragon. Now, this is, now listen, first of all, I'm going to put it on your personal level. This is how he attacks you. He cannot attack you any other way but these four ways. Never forget this. What is the dragon? In Greek, it means, that word is written, translated from Greek. It's dragon, and it means a fabulous uh, serpent that charms you. Now, I don't know about in Pennsylvania or wherever you're from, if you understand charming you. But in the South, we knew about that my whole life. Because we dealt with snakes all the time. I mean, really now, honestly. Every kind of thing you could imagine. Where I lived out, nowhere. I mean, killing snakes was a big deal. I've been a snake killer since I was a little boy. I'm serious. Man, it's just the way it was. I had a 12-gauge shotgun at nine years old. And so where we lived, you know, where we grew up, it was a different world. And so, but uh, one day we were coming in from school. And I'll tell as quick as I can. I was coming in from school. And do you all know what kudzu is? No, you don't know, know what kudzu is? Who knows what kudzu is? F- few people. Kudzu was sent, sent to take over everything. Kudzu is just... It just, it'll grow on anything you put. You could, don't ever let somebody say, oh, give me some of this kudzu. It looks so pretty. Yeah, come down to Alabama. You can have it all. You can just take it all. Just take it back. It's like taking wolves out of Wyoming. Just come get them. I mean, you know, because you just throw it up against the building. And it'll cover the whole side of the building. It's old leaves. It's old leaves. And they just grow like a vine. And they'll get thicker and thicker and thicker, and they grow like wildfire. Now, in, in the South, it's everywhere. So we was coming in from school one time, and my mother drove a, a 58 Ford with no windows on one side. And so we were all, we didn't have much to do up there where I lived, and a big snake was big news. So we're coming up that road, and we started up the hill, and the older teenage boys, my cousins, came running down to the car and said, Ain't Ruby said, uh, there's a big old rattlesnake across the road right up there. And we hit it with a rock and it ran down in the kudzu. And we're trying to find it. Big old snake. I think it had 16 rattles on. And so, so it said, we're going, we're trying to find it. And my mother turned to look like this and said, y'all don't get out of the, and when she said, y'all don't get out, we was running up the road to see the snake. I mean, whizzed out of the car, headed up that road. I was about nine, ten. Well, my older cousin's about 16, 17. They're standing there. We didn't wear shirts. And, you know, I mean, we just, we're way out in the country. And so they're standing there looking down in that kudzu, like this, down off that hill. Everybody's around. And my cousin Frankie was looking down in that kudzu. And all of a sudden, he did like this. He said, he just stopped. And his brother Tommy was here. And he said, get me, Tommy. Get me, Tommy. Frankie broke out into a sweat. Get me, Tommy. Tommy said, what is it, Frank? What is it? What is it? Get me, Tommy. Get me. And Tommy finally grabbed his arm and pulled him. Frankie said, I was standing right there when it happened. He said, man, he said, what happened? He said, I locked eyes with that rattler. And he said, He's, I couldn't move. 
And he started coming up the hill after me. Well, we knew they did that to rabbits, birds. Never seen them charm a man. That's the word dragon in Revelation 20. It means one who captures your gaze and pulls it off. Pulls it off. In other words, if I'm looking, if I'm looking at this brother here, and I'm just looking right at you, and then my gaze is pulled off to you, I can see him, but not clear. He might do something I don't notice because I'm looking at you. That's dragon. That's the first stage of the attack is to get your eyes off God onto something else. Lord, what in the world time is it? Oh, it's in Alabama. I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to hurry as soon as I can. So it pulls off the gaze. Now you can't see straight. Because your gaze is somewhere else. He don't care how he does it either. He's got to get you looking away. Now, watch this. He's got to get your gaze off, but these spirits called principalities work with that aspect. And I don't know if I have time to teach this, but I'm going to tell you something. When these principalities come at you to attack, they're bringing the dragon aspect at you. They're, they're, and listen to this. You're doing battle with at least a thousand spirits. A thousand principalities it takes to pull a believer's gaze off. It takes a thousand of them. That's how much bigger you are than a, than a demonic spirit. And it's trying, don't you remember the guy they called Legion had thousands of spirits. He's trying, it takes a thousand principalities. They'll do this. They'll shove things in your way. They'll cause any distract, distraction they can to get you to look away. For one reason. So the ne- next aspect can attack. The dragon, that old serpent. It means one who causes you pain. One who dreams up ways to hurt you. And they go with principalities, powers. There's a level of spirit called powers. And a thousand of them team up with that old serpent to cause you pain. You never saw it coming because your eyes were looking off. And they come and cause you pain and they do it with your family. They do it with church members. They do it with anybody close to you that can hurt you. And now you're hurt, and you're not seeing right, and you start staggering. Now you're in battle with 2,000 spirits. The next part is the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil. Liar. Liar. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world are the spirits that work with the devil. The liar. They start lying to you. But you can't overcome it because you're not seeing right and you're hurting and now you're being lied to. Now you're like somebody, an animal drifting out of the herd. Satan walks about as a roaring lion. And so then the last aspect, the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the spirits that work with Satan. Now you're going to do battle with a thousand of those. These accuse you. 
of all your failures. Now you can't see straight. You're hurt. You're lied to. And all you can think on is everything you failed at. And you start staggering to fall. Now that's how he attacks you. That's all he can do. You've got to get your eyes straight back on the Word of God. You kill the power spirits by getting in the altar and praying until you're not offended anymore. Then you go to the third part. You defeat a liar by speaking the truth out of the Word of God. And then about being attacked with your past, you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's the way you do that. Now, I've got to close this right here. Watch this. So now you know how this works. Now, watch this in Revelation. Come on with me. Real quickly, Revelation 20. I want you to look at this. It says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, had a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations. This is the tactic that he deceives nations with. He brings the nations down. Demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. The dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan. And he does this to a nation. This is the aspects of the devil that brings nations down. And that's what's happening. We're in crisis mode. Right now, the United States of America is in crisis mode. Do not let yourself hate other nations. It has nothing to do with the people in China. It has nothing to do with the people in Russia. It has nothing to do with the people in all these other nations. It's the leadership of those nations that's doing these things. It's all the leadership. And they push the United States to a crisis level. Now there's either a civil war or a foreign invasion that could break it. And the Lord spoke to me in Texas. Was it in Texas? He told me that. He said, since there won't be a civil war, I'm going to invade from heaven. Oh, come on! Hallelujah! Oh, come on! That's it. He said, since there's not going to be a civil war, he said, I'm going to bring a heavenly invasion into this country. An invasion of the glory of God. see how all this ties together. So God wants you to now begin to listen. Don't don't quit standing. You just keep praising God. That's what the children of Israel did, according to Habakkuk 2 at the Red Sea. They praised God in the earth until their praise filled the earth and his glory filled the heavens. And when the glory filled the heavens, the invasion came. Oh, come on now. 
so what we have to do, listen to this close, what we have to do is we have to begin in every service to create an atmosphere conducive to the glory so that it will attract the glory of God. And when the power starts showing up in your churches and in your homes, around your children, and it starts showing up in your life, and this kind of power comes in, God will invade this earth, and listen, it will start to spread like wildfire, and once again, the enemy thought he won, and he'll fall flat on his face. Oh, come on! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on! Come on! Come on! Hallelujah! I'm gonna give him praise. I'm gonna give him praise. I'm gonna give him praise. 
I said to you, you're going to have to have services that are conducive to the glory. Well, this is one of those services. If you ain't never danced before, find you a spot and throw down. If you ain't never shouted, this is your time to shout. If you've never sang out loud, this is your time to sing out loud. Come on. Come on. tell you something. Being quiet ain't never moved hell at all. Being real silent has never impressed hell a, a bit. When Jesus came up to the tomb of Lazarus, you know what he said? The Bible said he cried with a loud voice. voice. Don't you know everybody there said not so loud. What if he don't come forth? Jesus never even entertained such a thought. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was bound with hand and foot with grave clothes came forth. You need to start calling for this nation. This nation has a covenant with God. Start calling. America. Come forth. Come on. I'm going to give my God some Praise Him. 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 Praise
everybody. Praise Him. 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 Now we're going to do something in the praise that everybody can do. There's some older Pentecostal saints in here. They may not can jump, run, dance. I bet they're jumping and dancing inside. But there is something you can do. We're going to wave. We're going to wave. Come on and wave, 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 wave to Him. with me. Build it up. Now go. Go. the new normal? Praise Him. 
Someone say, praise the Lord. Someone say, God is good. Say, I'm ready to fight the good fight of faith. What's the good fight? That's one you win. You win by showing up. I was just reading about Ziklag on the third day. David came to Ziklag. Things gone. People enslaved. And what did he do? He put on the ephod. He prayed. And he said, Lord, should I pursue? Yes, pursue. Will I recover? Yes, recover all. It's time to pursue. And it's time to recover. <laughs> Number one, the best way to recover is be born again. Yeah. Is there anybody in this place that you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior? Today's a good day to do that. Beautiful day. Anybody here say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord. I don't know what would happen to me if something happened to me tomorrow. I don't know where I'd go. I want you to raise your hand because you need to meet the Savior. There's a couple hands right there. All right. Number two, in order to fight, you've got to have some power. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes up on you. And you will receive power. If you need the power of God, you're born again, but you've never been baptized in fire. You've got to be baptized in fire. See those hands? Right? And you know, today's a good day to straighten out the crooked path. Maybe you've been born again, but you wandered away from the Lord. It's easy to do. Because you get distracted. That, that enemy comes in, he takes your focus off. And he puts your focus on the flesh. Is there anybody here that says, I want to come back home to the Lord and get right? All right, we're all going to pray together. Number one, to be born again. Number two, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and then we're going to rejoice a little bit. Father, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I recognize that Jesus alone is my Savior. He is your Son. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you raised from the dead. Come into my life right now. I receive you. Lead me and guide me in the way I should go. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. And that's all it takes. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus is in your heart. Yes. And for those of you that need the power, say, Father, Father I, receive I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. and your fire right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, you know what? I love the Bible. Because it says, you know, if you didn't rejoice well enough the first time, it says rejoice and again. I say rejoice. We're going to rejoice for what God has done this weekend. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus! Hallelujah! Glory! Glory! Hallelujah! Now you need to take this freedom back. Don't hold it to yourself. You share it with others. Amen? Jesus said, go and do likewise. He said, the works that I do, you shall do. Greater works shall you do, because I'm going to my Father. I'm retiring early. Amen? What's the greater works? Greater in scope, greater in number, greater in effect, right? Jesus was in a small location, but we're everywhere. Amen? If you're, if you're going to take this back, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this team, this family. This ministry. Lord, we speak blessing upon blessing upon blessing on them. Wherever they are. Lord, I thank you. You will provide. You will protect. You will keep. And you'll keep doing what you need to do through them, to them, and with them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just bless them today. And Lord, we honor you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace like only you can connect people in your body. We've been bought with a price. We are the blood-bought, glorious bride of Christ. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for Jesus, the Word, your Holy Spirit, your name. And we give you thanks and praise for all that was said and all that was done this weekend and today. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. For you alone are worthy. Lord, without you, we could do nothing. But with you, we can do all things. Because all things are possible to believers. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. 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 I just want to thank all you for coming out. The ladies for coming to the conference. For you guys for coming from Alabama. And uh, I know that we're going to see each other again. Amen. You know, I like celebrating with people of like precious faith. Who are not afraid of the wild. Love the wild. Amen. Glory to God. And I'll tell you what, God is doing something. And we're not going to stop it, we're just going to flow with it. Amen. Well, God bless you wherever you're going. Safe journey back. And uh, have an awesome day.